Welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Show with me, your host, Coach Rita Hurry. Welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Show with me, your host, Coach Rita Hurry. Hi everyone and welcome to the Body Mind Spirit Show with me, your host, Rita Hurry. Today I have a special guest. His name is Dr. Dawson Church and he is an integrative healthcare researcher and award-winning author. Dawson, welcome to the show. Rita, great to be here. Lovely. So I like to start off my interviews with talking about people's journey. So where did your journey begin with integrative healthcare and what led you to pursue a career in this field? Well, integrative healthcare involves using elements from all forms of healthcare for your well-being, whether they're conventional, whether they're alternative, and you bring it all together. And you also have a holistic view of the human being. And we know that, for example, stress dramatically affects our bodies. If I have a stressful experience, my uh, hormones like cortisol will rise, neurotransmitters like adrenaline will rise. And so I'm literally shifting the conditions inside my body purely by the quality of my experience. Then, of course, if I have a stressful thought, the same thing happens. So we are truly unitary beings and um, looking at ourselves that way is, is powerful. And it's pretty obvious when you when you mentioned that. In fact, in the 1870s and 80s, in early experimental psychology, the doctors doing those experiments quickly realized that that human beings as well as animals are very much one. And there wasn't a sharp body, mind, spirit divide back back then. So um, I've always been intrigued and and noticed that that in myself. You feel bad your body doesn't function as well and and vice versa. And then I began to really advocate for these, these techniques. I was in book publishing and I was the uh, head of a, a significant book publishing company that was pioneering a lot of alternative medicine, complementary medicine books. And eventually I, I moved into being an advocate because I realized that we don't just have to learn about these wonderful concepts, we have to apply them and we have to apply them where the patients are in healthcare settings, clinics, hospitals, consulting rooms. So I've moved gradually from being a publisher, to being a researcher, to being a, a really enthusiastic advocate of these methods in, in primary care. Yeah, wow. It's so important to have that, definitely. I totally agree with you there. So in your book, The Genie in Your Genes, you talk about the link between our emotions and genetics. Can you share a little bit about this? Well, it's pretty obvious that if, for example, you are walking down the high street and somebody runs down the, the middle of the street waving a bloody knife and screaming and yelling, you're gonna have a stress reaction. So something's happening out there and you are having a stress reaction inside your mind, inside your body. What most people don't realize is that um, there's a long chain of genetic events that's going on there. And so there are certain genes that trigger the, the, the synthesis of those hormones like cortisol, of those neurotransmitters like adrenaline. 
And it's pretty obvious to us that we have this, 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 this stress reaction. Our heart starts to pound, our breathing gets shallow, our muscles get tense, we get ready for fight or flight. But what's underappreciated, Rita, is that if I just think about that same event, if I go home and tell my wife about that four hours later, my heart's still gonna start racing and my breath gets shallow. I now I'm thinking about a stressor and it's producing these, these effects in my body. Those genes are still being turned on. So epigenetically, not from within the DNA, from outside of the genome, from outside of the body sometimes, either from an exterior stress or an interior stress like a thought, all of these chains of genetic uh, cascades of, of gene and protein expression happen, and they really affect our, our lives. So you multiply that by you know one bad day, one negative thought, a group of bad days, a group of negative thoughts, consistent negative thinking, and you find this plays out in uh, studies of, 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 of long-term analyses of people's mortality and morbidity. So what that means is that, for example, in long-term studies of optimists, we find that optimists live on average 10 years longer than pessimists. Pessimists wow. die on average 10 years earlier than optimists, and they often are less healthy. They have more cancer, they have more heart disease, more hepatitis, more diabetes, all these, these ills. And our thoughts aren't just abstract things. They're literally making uh, their signals to our bodies either to move to well-being or to move into that fight or flight response. And that over time, chronic stress is literally a death sentence. So um, we are interconnected. And my argument in, in the genie in your genes and in all my books is use this power wisely. You have the superpower of creating wellness, of, of literally synthesizing these molecules in your body. Use it for your well-being. Meditate. Use energy medicine. Change your attitude. Surround yourself with positive in influences. All of these things are making a real difference. And again, it shows up not necessarily dramatically in a week, but certainly in a year, it'll show up. And over the course of a lifetime, it's going to make a dramatic difference to your health span and lifespan. Yeah, no, I love that. It, because a lot of the times it's so easy for us to go to the, I mean, you know, you look around you, you know, media and everything, it's just all negative. And you know that they say that that quote sort of like misery loves company and it's just <laughs> so easy to actually pull towards that you know and just say yeah but yeah but i mean I, the amount of times i hear the but and it's like no no but you know like get round this i mean how what's the best approach to take someone who is constantly negative who's constantly thinking yeah but if i do this this will happen because of obviously past experiences what's the best place to start to help them come out of that well a couple of things intellectually the answer is science uh if you look at science especially at big data at mm -hmm. long-term studies at global studies you'll find that human thriving at this point in history is greater than it's ever been before. And at the end of my book, Bliss Brain, I cull about 12 studies from about over a thousand studies, just showing how by every major index, pe people are, are better off now than they were 10, 30, 40, 100 years ago. Our lifespans have doubled in a century. Our wealth 
the wealth of the average global citizen has tripled since 1980. Uh, infant mortality, female mortality in, in childbirth, female literacy, uh, human rights violations, war, even though we hear about the wars and there are wars, the incidence of war is going down. The incidence of war between great powers has been declining for a thousand years. So all of the big data is overwhelmingly positive and shows us we're thriving. At the same time, research shows that the incidence of positive words in the media and positive reporting in the media over the last 70 years has been declining. And so there are fewer and fewer and fewer positive words that have been used by, uh, and this is globally, all over the world, not just one country or, or, or first world or second world or north or south. This is just globally, the number of positive words, uplifting, hopeful, cheerful, kind, all those those kinds of words has been going steadily down for the last 70 years. And the number of words like disaster, negative, death, and so on have been, have been rising. So we live in this sort of distorted um, media uh, bubble in which we think things are getting worse, but in fact, they're getting better at a quite rapid clip. And so that, that, that's where science really comes in. In terms of actually changing my behavior, it is really hard to change a negative behavior, especially the habit of, of thinking, thinking negatively. And uh, researchers, there was a brilliant pair of, of, of psychologists at Harvard who did a study where they had people's cell phones beep at random intervals. They asked them how they were feeling, what they were doing. And it turned out that most people are thinking negative thoughts and not feeling good. Much of their lives, about half their lives were spent feeling negative and uh, thinking intrusive thoughts. So we're conditioned to focus on the negative because our ancestors only survived, like our ancestors go back 100,000 years, 500,000 years. They didn't survive by smelling the roses. They survived by watching out for the next tiger that was about to spring out of the bushes. So we have the, all the same neurology, neurobiology now, except that there are no tigers. So what do we do with it? We worry. We worry about money and about our bodies and we're not the perfect shape or the perfect age or the perfect whatever it might be. We worry about all these things unnecessarily. And that's conditioned, conditioned behavior. That's our brain's negativity bias. It's just a fact of life. So counter conditioning that over and over and over again is, is essential. And that's where meditation comes in. So I teach meditation. I say, start your day by framing your whole experience in positive terms. Meditate, tune into something greater than yourself. Tune into what I call in my book, Mind to Matter, into non-local mind. Tune out of being embedded in your local focus on what's here and now and spend time every day, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and tune into non-local mind. And people who do this, they have experienced what we call transcendence. They transcend their local uh, conditioning and they have a sense of something greater than themselves. It changes their whole day profoundly. And then I also teach EFT acupressure tapping, where you tap on acupuncture points, which very, very quickly resets the nervous system after you get stressed during the day. So having practices like that, positive social contacts, positive media, positive um, shifting your patterns of, of thinking toward the positive, releasing your stress. All of those things are practical things you can do, skills which will move you along the continuum from that reflective negative thinking 
to having a much, much happier life. Our research shows that people who do this, they if we measure their brain function, they're about seven times as happy as people who don't. So it really pays off in terms of both mental well-being and then that cascade of gene expression happens and your body is a lot happier that you're a positive thinker as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there, especially, I mean, I am a big advocate for meditation because like yourself, I teach meditation. Um, when you were mentioning about the, um, you know, getting away from the local mind it was it reminded me back to when I was studying um the deep Deepak Chopra primordial sound meditation um when I was doing my studies there it was like yeah that kind of brought me back to that and meditation is often it's known that it's powerful but a lot of people brush it off and say oh that's like that's woo woo you know it's for it's for certain types of people, not for everyday people. And I'm very passionate about bringing the practices, certain practices into every day, because like you mentioned, it really does help with the mind and, and being able to help you body, mind, spirit, you know. So can you, how, like I often get told well, I can't stop thinking. Now, I, I, ha I say certain things to people. I say it's not about not stopping thinking. It's just about slowing the thoughts down. Can you share from your point of view, um, what, how does someone start to meditate? And is it about, oh, stop thinking? Because this is what puts people off, is to be still, <laughs> thinking, I can't do that. I've got too much to do kind of thing. Can you, yeah. can you talk about that? Yeah, I don't think of a pink elephant. Whatever you do, do not think <laughs> of a pink elephant. <laughs> we can't stop thinking. The mind is designed mm -hmm. to think. And uh, one of the analogies I use in my book, Bliss Brain, is I look out my window, my office over here, and there's a bird feeder out there. And there are birds and they're they're pecking away at the bird feed. And as they peck away, they, they'll peck for a moment, then they'll look up, look to the side, look down, peck away some more. They are not eating mindfully. They are not at all focused on the, on the feed. They're eating as fast as they possibly can because they their minds need to be focused. Their attention is to focus on what's above, what's below. There's a hawk up there. There's a cat down there. Mm -hmm. And if they, if, they, if they really enjoyed their food and got into it and quit looking around them, they would become lunch themselves. So our minds just are, are busy, our thoughts are busy, and stilling the mind is pretty much impossible. What I advocate is using a physiologically based meditation system and also one that's based in science. So I developed one in the early part of the century called eco-meditation based on uh, studies of self-hypnosis, studies of heart coherence, studies of, of, of EFT acupressure tapping, studies of um, mindfulness, and then we combine all of these in a little package of practices that without stilling your mind, regulates your breath, regulates your heart rate, regulates your physiology, and you get into a very deep state in about five minutes. And you do that without any kind of need to still, still your mind. So people do this. And we've now done many clinical trials of eco-meditation. And we find that people shift 
in terms of their brain function. Their brain function changes. They have a lot more alpha waves and alpha waves are the calm, slower waves, more theta and delta waves. Theta is healing. Delta is deep awareness. They, those waves will expand. The busy waves of beta contract. The parts of their brain that worry tend to calm way down. The parts of their brain that have to do with gratitude and compassion light up. So that's what happens when you meditate. You have this literal change in your body. If you use a science-based meditation, it's really effective. And then again, all of those effects then propagate to your, your gene expression, to your, your brain function, nervous system function, and then your, your physiology. So it's far from being woo-woo. I mean, there are uh, over 40,000 studies showing the meditation is good for you. And when we've done research on in, in eco-meditation, we find that it produces these dramatic effects physiologically. We've also now begun to study what happens to you outside of meditation. And we mm -hmm. found that within a month, you become an average of 20% more productive at work. So now your regulation, the emotion regulation you're doing in your half hour meditation is now giving you an extra day of each week to play, to work, to mm -hmm. do your favorite hobby, to do whatever, because you're 20% more productive. Six months, a year from now, you're even more productive than that. So mm -hmm. it has amazing effects for your whole whole life. And far from being some kind of esoteric um, phenomenon, it's something that, that produces profound effects. Virtually anybody can do it if you use a science-based method. Sit and try and not think of a pink elephant, you won't be successful. Use a science-based method and you likely will. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you've mentioned your book, Bliss Brain, which sounds absolutely great. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about this and what they can expect when they read the book? Bliss Brain is a, a phenomenon that you get in one of two ways. And again, this, it's a particular uh, configuration of brain waves. A lot of alpha, very, very small beta, which is the brain wave of the conscious mind and also of anxiety. So beta goes away. And again, lots of theta, lots of delta, plenty of gamma, the wave of insight. So it's a particular way our brains are functioning. And you get it either through meditation or through flow. So during the day, getting into a flow state will give you that kind of bliss brain. And it's also accompanied by seven neurotransmitters, one of which is called anandamide. Some of them are more familiar, like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. All of those rise when you're meditating effectively. But anandamide is called the bliss molecule. And in meditators, it rises a lot. It also is a very addictive molecule. Um, psilocybin, for example, has the same magic mushrooms. Microdosing has the same chemical structure as your body's own serotonin. And dopamine has the same chemical structure as what you get when you take cocaine or heroin. So when you meditate, you're having this big, big rise in dopamine, big rise in serotonin, oxytocin, and anamide, and you feel really wonderful. And when we measure people's brain function, it just goes off the charts. They're becoming, again, seven times as grateful, as happy, as awestruck, as compassionate, as altruistic as they were before. And the, the just the sheer joy you feel, like I, I, 
I, I bike ride every day, rain or shine. I'm always mountain biking as my exercise for the day. And I just ride my mountain bike sometimes down the down down the the, the either the sidewalk or up in the woods. And I think to just live this happy every day day to just look in people's eyes and smile because I smile at everyone I see along the bike path. And of course they smile back. Then we're all happy. I mean, just to live with a heart that overflows with joy and love is so wonderful. And it's the, this human capacity we have. We all generate those neurotransmitters. We all can get into this brain. And I also share in the book how um, I, I wrote the, that particular book about these neurotransmitters and brain states after a series of, of absolutely horrible tragedies in my life where I lost everything. I lost all my possessions, all my money. Uh, I lost my health. I lost all of these things in the middle of it. I was meditating and being incredibly happy. So I wrote the book partly to explain how it's not dependent on anything that happens outside of you. It's certainly not dependent on things happening well all the time, because when there's a recession, you're going to be affected by it. If you, you know, maybe the, uh, you're caught up in a, in a natural disaster, um, there are going to be things that affect you in terms of your health. And you can learn to have this overflowing happiness, bliss brain, independent of what's going on around you. So the book is all about these neurotransmitters, how they're so addictive, how they feel so good, and how you can generate them in your own brain with meditation. That sounds good. Definitely an important read. So I'll definitely be going for that book. Um, can we change our brain and rewire it for better results in our personal life and professional life? I did one large-scale randomized controlled trial using MRIs, and these are state-of-the-art, uh, high-resolution MRIs made by a German company called Siemens, and they're they're amazing new machines. And so we had this state-of-the-art MRI technology to work with. We randomized people into a group that did eco-meditation, the science-based meditation that I, I recommend. The other group did mindful breathing, and they did it for a month. In one month, they came back in the lab, got a second MRI, and we then compared the two MRIs. And in only one month, Rita, meditating 20 minutes a day, in just 30 days, they had structural changes in their brain. And the part of the brain that uh, is involved in rumination, reflection, especially on the bad things of your life, past hurts and wounds, projecting those into the future, that part of the brain had become much quieter. And again, this wasn't just um, functionally, this was anatomically. That part of the brain was now much calmer than it was a month before. And the part of the brain that handles all the positive emotions like gratitude, happiness, awe, joy, compassion, that dramatically it, it, uh, went up. That part of the brain was much more engaged than it had been only a month before. So rewiring does not take 10,000 hours, does not require taking vows and going into a monastery, does not take renouncing all the pleasures of the world. You can eat hamburgers, drink wine, <laughs> watch Netflix, do all the things you normally do. And if you're meditating effectively, then you have these anatomical changes happening in your brain and they happen within 30 days. So the answer is a resounding yes. You are affecting your neurobiology with the very first meditation you do and keep it up for a month and you have a start to have a different brain. I think a lot of people will love that. Um, definitely the listeners out there because of the fact 
that they can continue with the lifestyle that and they the good thing about meditation is sometimes you'll be making changes to your lifestyle that you know that you probably wouldn't have dreamt of um making because as a result of meditation but it doesn't feel forced does it it's like absolutely oh, i actually want to do this you know i don't want to eat a hamburger i prefer eating more vegetables you know and it just naturally happens but i do think what you just said there about that it won't you know you you can continue with your way of life and just do the 20 minutes at least meditation every day at least for a month and then you'll start to experience those changes and gets you know get something from it i think there's no reason why others shouldn't i mean obviously there there always is a but like we go back to that but it's like yeah go on give it a go kind of thing i think i i'm definitely when i share this podcast i'm definitely going to take that and remind everyone you know share this clip and remind everyone listen to dr dawson church exactly what he said there go for it <laughs> you hit the bullseye by saying you'll make different choices because your whole life is so full of gratitude and self-love that you, you stop doing things that are harmful to you like you start yeah. stop habits that are damaging your body and your peace of mind not because you're trying to force yourself to change they naturally start to fall away and so you find your eating begins to change your sleep is likely to change dramatically. We find that people often uh, regulate their sleep. They start to sleep much better. They have much higher quality sleep. They start to get into a sleep rhythm and pattern. And we find that they're, um, because a lot of these brain waves, especially theta and delta, are very, very important to sleep. And so you're generating these waves during meditation and you generate them when you're doing EFT acupressure. That then starts to propagate to your sleep. Your sleep improves and then your self-love improves and then your self-care improves. And suddenly you're just loving yourself and taking care of yourself. You're being a lot less harsh on yourself. You aren't using a co coercive way of trying to force yourself to, to change. You're just changing because you want to have the most wonderful life possible and, and be as kind to yourself as well as to everyone else. So yeah, the, the, these 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 inner inner techniques tend to then express themselves in the form of exterior behavioral change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what would you say is that final golden nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with the listeners today? I'm sure they've taken a lot of wisdom from yourself, Dawson, but what, what is that final golden nugget you'd like to share? Love yourself. When we work with people at my institute, we find that often their self-talk is so full of self-criticism, Rita, and they try to <clears throat> change themselves and control their lives by internal criticism. And there's a constant um, voice, and one of my colleagues calls it the narrative self. It's like this little voice on your on your shoulder, perched on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, you should change, you should be better, you should improve, shape up. And all of these ways of trying to make ourselves do things. And um, the paradox of change is that change actually begins when you accept yourself the way you are. So you relax, you just accept yourself with all your flaws and imperfections. You're doing your best and just acknowledge that, start there and then use these practices that'll, that'll encourage wellness and encourage, encourage a better life operationalize your self-love 
with meditation, with other ways of supporting yourself. And you then naturally translate that self-love into, into practice when you are overflowing with it. But have compassion on yourself, have love for yourself, care about yourself, nurture yourself. And then that's the source, the beginning point of change. I love that. Thank you, Dawson. So where can our listeners and viewers go to find out more about you and the services that you offer? The first thing to do is to download a free meditation track, which you can do at my website, Dawson, it's my name, D-A-W-S-O-N, gift, G-I-F-T, DawsonGift.com. That is a 22-minute meditation track. And we found that when people are using it, their immune systems improve. And so they're more immune to bacteria and viruses. And so we have several clinical trials showing that. That's where you get the immunity meditation at DawsonGift.com. And the second um, really powerful gift you get there is an explanation of that acupressure tapping routine that reduces stress in about a minute. And it can be found at fun. It drops cortisol. It raises immunity. It reduces adrenaline. It has all kinds of, of, of really uh, profound effects in your body. And that's also at DawsonGift.com. From there, you can find our app. You can find our certified practitioners, our classes. We have a lot of other things we do. But start at DawsonGift.com by downloading our free manual and also listening to that meditation track. It can really make a difference. You'll feel the difference the very first time you listen. Thank you, Dawson. That sounds amazing. So listeners, definitely head to that website. Dawson, I just want to say thank you for being such a great guest on the show. It's been a pleasure. I love talking about how powerful the brain is, how we can change it and sort of like certain practices that we can bring in, obviously meditation and um, EFT, which is also very powerful. I just want to say thank you for being such a delight and for all the um, inspiration and knowledge that you've shared with us today. Rita, it's a joy and it's a gift to live a life like this. And I simply adore waking up every morning and sharing it. So thank you so much for for making your community aware of who they can be and the, and the joy that's possible for them as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you will take on the tips and start practicing meditation. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. the show stay tuned for more motivation and inspiration coming real soon and if you'd like further information on the services i provide or you'd like to contact me visit ritahurry.com or email me at info 
at ritahurry.com. Until next time, take care. enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for more tips, motivation and of course inspiration coming up real soon. If you want to email me and send me messages of what you thought of the show or anything you'd love me to cover on the show, please email me at coachrita at swastialiving.com. Swastia Living is S-W-A-S-T-H-Y-A-L-I-V-I-N-G dot com. See you real soon. Bye.